0: Welcome to How Have You Not Seen, a movie podcast where we fill in the gaps with each other's cinematic knowledge by asking important questions like, wait a second, you never caught The Road Warrior? Or...
1: You seriously haven't seen Akira? Or... How Have You Not Seen Before Sunrise?
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to How Have You Not Seen? I am your co-host, Carson Betts.
1: And I'm your other co-host, Caroline Thompson.
0: This is a movie podcast where every week one of us brings one of our favorite movies that the other one hasn't seen.
1: We talk about it.
0: And we go and watch the movie. And then we
1: talk about it some more.
0: It's going to be such a lovely little time. Such a nice, such a nice time this week. I'm so excited for the time we're going to have. Especially we, after the uh, last
1: two weeks uh, of stressful vehicular uh yes. vroom vroom movies. I think that this is gonna be a nice uh, a nice break.
0: I, I will say we're we've been doing a pretty good job so far this season of, of really doing things in the series. We d- we went to we went back to school. Well, I should say first we went back to London and then we went back to school. <laughs> and then we went vroom vroom shoot shoot bang bang. Uh, and now we're starting a, a sort of a bit of an odder series which is that we're not doing any movies in a row but we are doing a trilogy of movies and the plan which let me tell you i've pitched this like a year ago this has been one of my greatest hopes to do on this podcast because these are three of my favorite movies of all time we're going to be doing every movie in the before trilogy but in keeping with the way that these movies were all shot nine years apart, we're going to be discussing them nine years apart. Now we're going to be discussing <laughs> one a season for the next. <laughs> we're doing this podcast. I'm locking it in. We're doing it for at least 27 years. We're going to be doing one of these movies every season for the next, but this season and then the next two after. So we're gonna give Caroline a little bit of time between them to kind of let them sit, you know, let the mature, characters go away will, and to come age back a bit. bit. Yes, like a fine wine, and these oh boy, these movies do really age like a fine wine, so let's get right down to it. Caroline, how have you not seen before sunrise?
1: um yeah, so before sunrise, um so to be totally honest i um i didn't really I was not really familiar with the trilogy that that it even existed until. The most recent one, which is before midnight, is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So it's one of those things where, um, and what was that? Was that twenty seventeen? It's twenty
0: fourteen, I 2014. believe.
1: Really? Okay.
0: Yeah. It was. Yeah. It's well, they're coming up on the, you know, every so often you hear word of like, oh, are they going to do another
1: one? But probably not. Well, I don't even know what they would do. Midnight's the end of today, anyway. Um, yeah. So it's one of those things where it was like it when when that one came out i was like oh what's that like ethan hawk richard linklater like that sounds cool um and then i was like wait a second and like this is i was like i was like i thought that this was like a a slow dreamy like romantic dramedy it's a trilogy like how does that work like and so it was one of those things where um you know it's 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 like whenever you have to start a new series, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, well, I want to watch the second one, but in order to watch the second one, then I like I have to watch the first one. But then, like, if I watch the first and the second one, then I have to watch the third one. And that's a really big commitment. Yeah. So, like, I'll get around to them, definitely. And I've just never, I've just never pulled the trigger. Because um, I don't really think... I'm sure they are on some streaming service, but it's never been one of the it's never been like a Netflix banner title. You know, it's never been one where you boot up Netflix and it's got elevator music going. And it's like number one today is (laughs) before sunrise.
0: So the like these movies pop on and off of streaming services like nobody's business. It is very annoying, actually, uh, because. I'll tell you what i watched these movies for the first time in 2019 and then through you know through the hell year the the ongoing hell year i uh they really became they're big time comfort movies for me like any of them like just re-watching them in order and uh you know doing that like rewatching them is uh ridiculous hard because sometimes they're on hbo and sometimes they're on amazon and sometimes certain ones are and other ones aren't it's really annoying uh but you already kind of started to talk about it a little bit, Caroline. But what else do you know about Before Sunrise?
1: Um, honestly, like that's pretty much it. I mean, I I I now know that they were all shot nine years apart, which mm-hmm. would lead me to believe that the that this one would have been shot, okay, or at least would have been released. Oh, eh, I'm doing some math. Hold, please. So what, Mm. like, uh, 97? Is that proper math? Correct, correct, correct. Okay, cool, cool, um, hooray, (laughs) um, so yeah, I mean, I know that it's Ethan Hawke, and I'm, and like the, like, his co-lead, I'm not sure who the actor is, but like, whoever plays the, the lady co-lead, she's also in all three of them, right? Like, it is about the two of them, through all three? Yeah, yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, is, I
0: mean, let me just real quick cut in here caroline and say this is really fun this is uh, we, we talk about this a lot but like we record these episodes wildly out of order because of the format of the show uh i'm going to uh <laughs> i'm we're going to talk about uh ethan Hawke's co-lead uh at some not length but we're going to talk about her in an episode that comes out before this one which is hilarious
1: oh okay cool
0: yeah um, a right, mystery well. for you but not for the audience
1: yeah, it'll be one of those things where, okay, interesting, interesting. Um, now, I, now I don't even want to look it up because I want to actually wait until I sit down and watch the movie to see who it is. Um, it's not Linda Cardellini, is it? It's
0: not Linda Cardellini, no, okay. that'd be, a, oh, that'd be okay. a weird, that'd be interesting. You know what, I'd She's watch it, I would watch it. She's probably a little too young for
1: that. She's probably a little too young. Yeah. I think she, she would have been, I mean, Ethan Hawke was young in 97, but she probably would have still been like a teenager in 97, I think.
0: Yeah, she would have been right hot off of well, she would have been in her twenties. She would have been hot. Actually, no, I think she'd be the correct age. Okay. She actually might be exactly the correct age now that I think about it.
1: Okay, well damn. All right. Um I was just thinking of who who have we talked about recently and I'm like, uh, like it's gotta be kind of weird unless it's unless it's Holland Taylor, which like again, also if nope. uh, kind of the other end of the age spectrum. I might
2: cut this out, but spoilers, we might be talking about her after this. Really? Oh, I was just saying, like, literally later today.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, no, we are. cool. It's not Reese Witherspoon, is it? Okay, we'll figure it out. I'll, I'll, I'll find we'll out. We'll figure it I'll out. I'll find out. Yeah. Where you, where you go. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think, um, does it take place? Maybe, and maybe I'm just getting this confused because... The the uh the posters are always very dreamy, but does it take place in Europe? Yes, yes. Is it in Italy, Spain? Uh, no. Where, You're close? Okay.
0: Uh, Portugal. I don't. I don't know. No. Austria. <laughs> you
1: never would have guessed it. I'm sorry. Oh no, I never would have guessed Austria. No. Um. Yeah. But yeah. Uh. So. I mean, I think that's really it. I mean, I assume. I assume Richard Linklater wrote it. I I, I could be wrong about that because he doesn't always write his movies, but I'm assuming he he... he's helming all three.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll talk about this a lot more in the back half, I'm sure. But he uh, co-wrote it with uh, Kim Krasan, uh, who's. Uh, I mean, her contributions to this movie are uh, huge and must needs be recognized. Uh, uh, She teaches writing at UCLA right now. I'm actually just looking at her Wikipedia. Um, Mm. But it is a movie, I'll just say, uh, this movie was based off an experience that Richard Linklater had, and then he wrote about it, and then he specifically, and I think it's part of the magic of the movie, is that he sought out a very skilled uh female screenwriter to come on and essentially help him rewrite we'll just say Ethan Hawke's co-lead uh because it was the first draft of this movie was just like oh yeah this is very much from the perspective of Ethan Hawke and and you know not the other way around well yeah we'll talk about that a ton in the back half I'm sure
1: cool Um, in that case, I'm gonna go ahead and say that I'm I'm pretty tapped out. I don't think I know anything else, really. All right, fantastic, fantastic. All right. So in that case, we're gonna
0: move on without any further ado to our little game of the week. Uh and we're gonna be doing it's kind of an odd spin. And I we've been, I think it's we've it's a great segue into this that we've been having, honestly. Uh, but we're gonna be doing a little spin on a game that we like to play, which is Recast It, which usually in a movie will just take about the top five or so uh, build actors in a movie. And then we'll try and recast them before seeing the movie. And then when we come back, we have a little discussion about like, uh, did that work? Does that not? My spin on the game this week, Caroline, is because there are only two actors, I would like you to just think of three male actors, three female actors. And then when we come back, we're just going to see... Which, two, which pair can we make would be the best in this movie?
1: Oh, my gosh. Okay, so... Because I will say there is a
0: history of people doing, like, taking this movie in the trilogy specifically and doing, like, staged versions of it or readings of it. So it's not crazy out of, out of nowhere to kind of recast it a little bit.
1: okay. So let's think. So, all right, first one's coming out in 97, and then they make two more over the next 18 years. And I mean, Ethan Hawke wasn't as prolific in the late 2000s and 2010s as he was in the 90s. So I'm not necessarily trying to think of somebody like two people, like people who were stars, like that early and like continued like ethan hawk's still making movies obviously but like Mm -hmm. he comes and goes um so i'm just trying to think who would have been and ethan hawk's weird ethan hawk's got a weird energy to him he's a real weirdo yeah like he's he he's he's handsome but he's kind of like he's a little off kilter and he's like got like a like a little bit of like a sadness to him but it's not like edgelord sadness so like it's it's uh i'm trying to think okay okay so i've got my first two which are for 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 the for the gentleman role um love it i'm going to go ahead and say i'm thinking of people who one who was a big star in the the 90s who could have been the lead in a romantic movie and of course one of the first things that comes to my mind I... is um leonardo dicaprio okay um so there's one um two both because like both because of the leonardo dicaprio of it all um but also like like unconventional leading men who make sense as leading men but kind of like kind of are a little like off kilter I'm gonna go ahead and for number two I'm gonna say Peter Parker himself Toby Maguire
2: oh weird oh yeah. weird
1: well, I, don't, I don't know
0: I, um, I love it I love it get tugboat and, in there I love it
1: yeah t- tugboat Conquer comes the tugboat <laughs> um reference and to see. my favorite Who onion else? article go look it up Ooh, I just got a, another very chaotic choice and I think, I think, I think, okay, I'm going to lock this one in um, because I think between the three of them, it will give me a nice, um, a nice even spread. Um, going to go ahead and say Keanu Reeves. Oh,
0: oh no. Okay.
1: Oh no. <laughs> oh, no, no okay. go
0: on. No, it's a great answer and I love it. Go, go on, please. Give me, give me some ladies.
1: Okay. Okay. Pivoting, pivoting to the ladies, um. Let me think here. Okay. Late 90s. And this one's even harder because I literally don't know. Like, I I don't even know an archetype for the lady. So I'm just like, I'm just like, I'm just like, I don't know. Like, where the hell do I go? Um, Okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna riff here. Um, Hell yeah late 90s baby just give it oh god this is this is i already know this is terrible um but like because like late 90s and i don't even think she's all that good but i'm gonna go ahead and say i'm gonna go ahead and say uh because i watched um because i've been watching a lot of like 90s early 2000s horror recently um i'm gonna go ahead and say sarah michelle geller oh just 1997 okay um
0: yeah yeah that would be the time
1: um let me think
2: it's kind of beautiful how hard you're thinking about this
1: i know it's just i just i i I, yeah um it's a it's i
0: didn't it's a thought-provoking game i'm a i'm a game master i am the game master
1: yeah um okay let's just go um somebody okay okay somebody who would have been maybe not starting out starting out but like is definitely in the early stages of her career who i think would probably be about about the right age uh let's throw out julianne moore
0: yeah yeah Mm -hmm.
1: and okay lastly but not least we're just going to go ahead and say Durr, thinking, 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 Bling. and okay. Um, I Jennifer Connelly. <laughs> okay, I'm just sure. like yeah. what are what are what are movies from the late '90s, early 2000s? Beautiful Mind popped into my yeah. I Do love Jennifer Connelly, and honestly, every time Jennifer Connelly is in any movie, um, she is she is one of the the number one people who when she pops up in something, I go like. Like, I, I, I just give it an extra half star in my head because I'm excited she's here. So, yeah, I'll say Jennifer Connelly.
0: Yeah. I feel like she doesn't work that much anymore. It's kind of kind of sad. Well, yeah. great. Uh, this is going to provide for a rich discussion on the back half. I, I truly think that. I'm glad that this is the the course I chose to go with this game because it's going to get... Oh, man, it's going to get weird. Um, but I think it's about time. Let's go watch this thing.
1: We will see all of you after the break.
0: and we're back
1: we are back Caroline back in the US say, from Austria back in the US we've made it back we're pining back to- for for what once was which was last night when I was sitting on my couch watching this film owning
0: down the days <laughs> let me just say I saw your letterboxd review and it it made me giggle and also I was very <laughs> pleased that it was a five-star review it made me very excited
1: Yes yes so for those of you listening at home who probably don't follow me on Twitter the uh, my review is after all these years I finally <laughs> believe people can be straight in, in all seriousness it is such a beautiful little movie and I and like I, I say that as a joke but like also at the same time it's like I do like I do just really buy their their chemistry in this and I really buy what they're what they're what they're going for in this like I just mm-hmm. really buy their relationship. It's, it's beautiful. Like, are they okay. actually in love in real life? Like, no. are they married? No.
0: no, no. It's one of the craziest. Like, I mean, because not always, but. I, you know the the idea. Look, we uh, we say it all the time. We're from fucking theater. The idea of a of a showmance is like very common. Just yeah, you know, if you're doing your job, you're kind of you well. And I mean, even in Hollywood, I
1: mean, yeah, like, it happens all the time. I mean, fucking and, uh Zendaya are dating. Chalamet and
0: Zendaya. Tom. We're
1: Wait, just no, 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 Tom Z Z Holland. And, Tom Holland and, and, Zendaya.
0: and Zendaya. The
1: other guy who Zendaya is dating in movies. The other like Sorry. cute puckish boy that Zendaya
0: is <laughs> with on screen um but yeah it's it's all the time but no i mean as far as i can tell they never it's it's i i will say when we do sunset i will have because i got the criterion these two know this audience does it i finally broke down and i just bought the criterion collection trilogy of this because i've wanted to do it for like two years and i was like fuck it it's like 30 bucks off on amazon right now now's the time um so i'm going to i have not yet gotten to all the like special features and shit on that i'm going to do that i'm gonna oh i'm gonna luxuriate and all that shit before we get to sunset so i don't know maybe i'll discover there's like a whatever but to the best of my knowledge no they never they by the time they were shooting sunset
1: i think they were both married i think okay like of which um we're gonna talk about this movie a lot but um yeah i do want to like you don't have to hold me to this but um i think sunset needs to be the first episode of next season cuz i yeah. can't i'm 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 resenting that we agreed to this because i really want to watch it now i fuck yes yes you 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 won you won you did, I, you did the thing. I
0: literally had the same thing. I sat down to watch this uh, common story and she's at the point now. I'm not allowed to mention her name because I said if I do, I owe her, owe her royalties. So when my unnamed roommate and I sat down to watch this movie, she was like, this is some fucking romance shit. Is this going to make me sad? I don't know. I don't want to watch this. And then at the end of it, she turns to me, she's like, can we watch Sunset tomorrow? <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know, so I was... I,
2: I was going to say the same thing, Caroline, that the worst part about watching this movie is now I'm like, well, fuck.
1: I can't. You get to watch the next one. You don't have to preserve your virgin status. I mean, yeah, but
2: I feel like it's more fun if
1: I'm watching, if I haven't seen a movie, if I'm watching this with you with you, both.
2: And
0: just to say, just to like really drag it out a little bit more, the next one is my favorite of the trilogy. It's maybe my favorite movie. It is one of those movies where I don't, I literally, I cannot say anything about it because like the setup of the movie, the first like five minutes are filled with like three individual instances in which you just kind of go, oh shit, like, oh shit, oh shit. And then that just keeps going for the rest of the thing. So, so enough about that movie. We're talking about this fucking movie. Before we go on, let's return to our game real quick because (laughs) yeah caroline's freaking out because she knows that having now seen the movie fucking chaos choices all around y'all just heard this i'm not gonna belabor it but we did recast it but we did it in a weird way where we're just like let's get three boys three gals and let's see if we can slot them in um none of these also
1: you didn't tell me she was
0: supposed to be french no that was purposeful
2: Well, because then was it going
0: to be a fucking Marion Cotillard. Like, no, fuck that. I wanted it to be weird. Okay. So I don't. I don't think you know. Whatever. This is fantasy. We don't have to keep it to her. I mean, she's French in the text of the movie, but she doesn't have to be a French actor.
1: Right. 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 So
0: you said Leonardo DiCaprio. I mean, he would have had the the goatee. So that's yeah. that's something.
1: I mean, the thing with Leo is, I can see him. I mean, Leo is charming. Leo does charming very, very well. Yeah. And Leo does, uh, Leo does um, brooding very, very well. So I could see him. I don't know that I've seen. He is a very big, committed actor, and this yeah. is a very, very, very um, precise, small performance. In a lot of ways that I, I'm not saying Leo can't do it, but I don't think I've ever seen him do anything like this.
0: I mean, he's, he's done romance, but it's been much more traditional romance. He'd be, he'd be, especially at the time, especially this is the 90s when he's in his like peak, you know, like I mean, teen idol phase before, yeah and i mean okay, it's before titanic
1: yeah also that was the thing is in the first half you said this movie was 97 but it's 95 i fucked it yeah i fucked it that's fine it's fine state. but it's just like so yeah so like he's even younger i mean yeah yes this is pre-titanic so like he's too young now but like let's let's imagine he was the proper yeah. age like with his career that he's had i mean i feel like it's not a bad choice but it's not a good choice no
0: it, there's a version in this movie that works with leo It's not this movie. It's a different thing.
1: All of Leo's romances, other than Titanic that I can think of, they're all very troubled. Yeah. You know, it's all very, like... And this really isn't that. This is a lot more pure.
0: Romeo plus Juliet, which comes out at a similar time, which he's not very good in... Um, but he's
1: making huge, big, committed decisions. Yes, yeah, he's making choices, which is what I appreciate about early. Right, I don't right, think right. Many right. of
0: them work out, but he is making choices. I also think I will say some of the alchemy of this movie is that these are both theatrical actors. Is that yes. Delphi and Hawk are both? They do a lot of still do theater, and these are as close to plays as you can get without you know without them just losing all the shine of of film. Um, so t- tugboat tugboat mcguire no toby no. no no not a billion fucking years not no. in a
1: billion fucking years keanu
0: not a bit i love i love both these men i love them i love <laughs> toby mcguire i fucking love keanu reeves this is material that would be so ill-suited <laughs> what is good about, about keanu, keanu reeves zapping. yeah never a million years uh gals sam michelle geller would be fine yeah, she Ju- could do the movie. She'd be Ju- fine. Julianne Moore, I think, is maybe, in my opinion, I think, is the best sub in for any yeah. of these. Yeah. I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. My only thing with Julianne Moore is, one thing I love about Julianne Moore is, regardless of what character she's playing, she's always playing, like, she is, all of her characters are, like they know what the fuck is going on you know what I mean she plays a very 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 competent person and like a lot of this movie is a lot of this movie is like questioning things and I think that like in my mind Julianne Moore doing this role she's playing like this this person who thinks she has everything figured out and she's like horribly struggling with a lot of these questions instead Mm -hmm. of like what Julie Delpy does which is really like which is really like lovely and beautiful where she's like this movie does musing yeah. Better than like I've I've like really ever seen. Like so much of this movie is is just really, really, really nice, like the characters just musing about things just instead throwing of like shit out. Just yeah, like, like, like uh, you're not seeing you're not seeing like their c- conceptualizations of reality shatter under these existential questions. And they're also not like doing it to flex their muscles to be like, look at how smart I am. They're yeah. just kind of like. I don't know. What do you think happens after you die? I don't know. Like, you know, it, I don't it, know. It's I think amusing so well.
0: Yeah, I think maybe my thinking of Julia and and it's it's almost a kind of paradoxical thing because by the time you get to the third movie, these two characters are so much like the actors have such a strong hold on them that it's like stupid to even consider recasting them in any sort right, of way. Right. Um, but I do think I'm I'm kind of thinking of the julianne more of today doing before midnight rather than i am you know yes her doing celine in her 20s um but yeah chaos choices almost all of them boys especially
2: who's my third in. one
1: who's my third one oh,
2: um uh jennifer Connolly. who would be fine who'd be
1: fine yeah i like yeah. jennifer connelly i like her for this yeah, yeah. yeah. jennifer Connolly of of this group I think Jennifer Connelly is maybe the closest to the mark. And I think that she does, she does, like, very small, like, close to the chest, intimate acting very, very well. Yeah. Um, In a way that I think would be a different take on this character. Um, Because, like, one of the things I love about Julie Delpy in this movie is she is so pure. Like, she is so genuine and she's so, like... It doesn't feel like there is like a shred of um, like self-consciousness in this character. Yeah. Um, very, very genuine, which I think, I think, I mean, a lot of American actors too, just like so much of the way American films work is like characters struggling and fighting. So I think that like most American actors who plug in that role and they, 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 they will try to latch on to the torturedness of some of this, I think in a way that Julie Delpy, I don't even think attempts to.
0: Delpy is really, is really keyed into the sort of, and it is something, and it's, look, it's in the text of the film, the fact that one of them is an American and the fact that one of them is French is like brought up, you know, frequently, just in terms, both in terms, literally both in terms of like, this is why they're together and why they have to part, but also like, these are the differences in their dispositions, but she's really very well tied into the like capital R romanticism of this movie where, and she's and she's walked in the line where she's not doing it like she's still playing a real person. Like she is not playing like some stupid, like some stupid
2: little girl that just wants to
0: be in love. Like she is just a young woman who is, is struggling with the thing that I think that a lot of us struggle with when we're, I mean, literally these two motherfuckers are like, they're a little younger than we are, but they're basically our age in this movie. And it's a thing that I go through a lot. It's one of the reasons I love these movies, especially right now, is that like, I'm at the age where she says it, I, the value of to love and to be loved. I think that that is, you know, that's the greatest thing that we can, you know, we can strive for. But also, we're not really adolescents anymore we understand what the fuck that actually means we get that there's a a really uh, a bevy of possible downsides that come with that and she doesn't play the willingness the want to be loved like she doesn't understand that that there are that there are major downsides to that i just repeated myself but she but she yeah she yeah. plays it with a she plays that romanticism with a depth that I think does it, it does have something to do with her like Europeanness and also has to do with her theater background. Um, yeah, god, she's so good in this.
1: Oh, she's yeah. so good in this. No, yeah, and I mean, I think a lot of it too. Um, I think a lot of it too is the way that it's filmed. Um, yeah. the fact that it's like a series of like, like really long takes yeah. um, a lot of the time it's it is allowing the audience to in allowing the audience to kind of experience like like nothingness and like probing with these characters you know like
2: mm-hmm.
1: like you're watching them like walk through the street and just kind of like ask questions about these things um the fact that you're there with them for so long the movie doesn't have to telegraph anything like the movie is the movie is very not didactic it is one of the least didactic movies i've ever seen and i think a large part of how resonant this movie is is in showing that like in just showing two people like falling for each other in these very long drawn out sequences like It says everything without saying anything. Yeah. You know, like one of the things I was thinking of is like, oh, in a in a in a worse version of this movie, in a worse version of like, you know, we have 24 hours in Paris and that's all, mm-hmm. there's, like, a montage of them, like, holding up the map and, like, smiling and laughing and, like, hopping yeah. into a taxi cab and, yeah. like, running around a fountain, you know what I mean? And it's, like, and it's like there's, there's, in a worse version of this, there's, like, there's a montage and there's, like, telegraphing and there's, like, taking stabs at what we think love is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, and how to telegraph that to the audience, whereas, like, with this, it's just, like, like fuck, they are so charming, and just, just charming. Letting them other. and just like letting them watch, like seeing all of those very, very like natural small yeah. mannerisms, especially from Ethan Hawke. He's he's um, got
0: tiny little. He's an nat- He's a physical actor, really. Yeah,
1: is. it's it's one of those things that like it's just incredible. It's it's yeah. incredible to watch.
0: And I think, and it's something that I've having now watched this movie a bevy of times. It's something that I think about a lot. And I think you were starting to get into it because. I, we, we didn't, I don't think we talked about this in the first half, but, and I don't know if you know this, but the, the inception point, and stop me if we did talk about this first half, but the inception point of writing this movie was that Linklater had an experience like this Yeah. In Montreal. And it's interesting to me, like, I've thought a lot about, about like, okay, if you're doing this movie that's supposed to be this very honest retelling, I did mention this in the first half, yeah, but if you're doing this movie that is supposed to be this sort of honest retelling of your own experience and you're trying to capture it's it's this movie is n- almost natural it like it's so realistic as to almost be naturalistic like capital naturalistic. yeah um why not put it in Mon- montreal is it not cheaper to shoot montreal than it would be in fucking austria like and part of my thought that, not that montreal is not a gorgeous city but part of the thinking there to me and I think part of the very like conscious choice of it and it's also a conscious choice in the next two movies is that it is a externalization of what these two characters are kind of dealing with this this sort of um you know this sort of tension that they're having between what you know the expectation and the reality where you know and they're constant, one of the things they're talking about is the thing that you're saying, Caroline, is like the, ah, what is this, some fantasy love nonsense, like, well, I don't want to, you know, uh, you're going to go home to your friends and talk to them about how you fucking met some French girl in the, you know, and it was all very romantic and very, like, sweet, and it, it it's they are being very realistic about their situation but it's fucking undeniable that they're walking through this like beautiful old world european city that they are like literally and they're literally in this liminal space to which neither of them belong and it makes the reality like it takes the thing that is fantasy and externalizes it and puts it into the realities in a way that matches the performance you know yeah And it's, and there's a, and and this is, God, it's going to be like a year, but when we get to before midnight, there's a thing in before midnight that is like, I think justifies my take on that. Um, But yeah, God, and the fucking city is so beautiful and the way it's it's shot so beautifully and the fucking, the, the gondolas and the fucking, okay, let's just key in on a little thing because i think one of the brilliant things about this movie and and it is one of those like it was written by a man and a woman and you can get there's and you can look at each scene and and kind of pick it apart a bit bit different ways so it's a question for you what do you think about the um the little disagreement they have about the guy who gives them the
1: poem oh yeah
0: yeah
1: um First of all, I love the milkshake poem.
0: It's a good poem. The
1: milkshake poem is a very good little poem. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I mean I I liked it a lot. I I, I think it's I, I personally, me watching it, I think of it less as a um as like a like one side coming from a man and one side coming from a, one side yeah, coming sure, from sure. a woman, and more yeah. I read it much more as an American versus a European.
0: Sure, sure, um, sure.
1: Because like I mean, in America, we're taught to be a lot less distrustful yeah. of, like, strangers and, like, and, like, money-making schemes and all that stuff. And that's the thing is, like, is, like, when we think about folks on the street, like, doing anything for money, we, mm-hmm. we like, we are conditioned to believe it's somehow a scam, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And it's, like, I don't know, like, because, um, I mean, that was, it was one of those things where he said, I'll write the poem. And I was like, okay, great. Like he's gonna write them a poem. And then like it was a really good poem. poem. <laughs> and like and like the way he like the way he delivered it, I was like, I was like, oh, this is brand new. Like he just wrote it. Like this is this is like actually very meaningful to him. Like he's he's mm-hmm. really like doing it. And then like twenty seconds later when Ethan Hawke's just like, well, you know, he probably like wrote that yeah, already. I was like, I was like, like i i Probably was good. kind of like i i had noticed that when he said that like in the back of my head i too had that thought yeah. like i was kind of taking the movie and the character at face value and like yeah. i was i was very much with julie delpy of kind of like yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. of like this is great like it's so beautiful i can't believe he did this but like as soon as ethan hawk said that my mind was kind of like uh, yeah he might have done that like you know what yeah, i mean yeah. um, that was in the back of my head
0: yeah i do and i do think that one of the fun things about these especially when you get through the trilogy is you get to have the like okay am i a jesse or am i a celine and i do think personally for me it changes depending on which movie you're looking at right um i will say <laughs> in this movie about 15 minutes in my roommate looks over at me and goes fucking why is ethan hawk playing you in this movie and i was like <laughs> i was like okay excuse you first off excuse you <laughs> But, like, that's... The, the the multiple times I watch this, every time he go, goes to do the poem, I just kind of cross my arms and I go, okay, yeah, let's, give, give us your poem. Let's see. Uh-huh. Totally, you just wrote us a poem right off the dome. Of course you did. Very sweet, very nice. Glad you did it. Don't mind paying for it, but he just fucking had that written down, didn't he? <laughs> like, like, yeah. Um, But, God, yeah. Hawk's good in this, and I do relate to him very much in this movie in that he is he's just he's simultaneously very idealistic but he's just too fucking grounded for his own good. like he he is kind of poisoned by america a little bit too much Yeah, no it's just i like, totally agree it's all a fucking scam like let's just you know it's it goes to the the when they have the talk about and he's doing the thing that a lot of men do which is and it's one of the kind of i think gendered interactions they have a lot where she's kind of she is constantly trying to feel him out for his intentions. There is kind of a like, okay, you know, th- this boy is being a bit bit too nice to be true, you know? Um, and, and also there's just the on top of like, well, I gotta make sure this motherfucker doesn't literally kill me. Um, yeah, and so she's always feeling that out. And Ethan Hawke is, I think, my interpretation of it, despite the fact that he is literally falling in love with this woman also doing the like i mean i don't know if we could fuck at the end of the night that'd be pretty cool like that's always kind of in the back of his mind a little bit like it, and it doesn't make his feelings like you know not legitimate or anything but that is there and, and it is those two conditioned responses that you kind of get um but but yeah, and that's always a fun game to play because I think that it happens a few times throughout the movie. You get the like her being like, "Okay, Mister, what, what the fuck's going on here?" And he, and he's like, "No, no, it's fine. Uh, no, no, what's that? The di- oh yeah, Mister Romantic, fucking kissing me on the Ferris wheel. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. No. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No. And I mean, I think too, like, it's it is a really good it's a really good balance between the two characters because it's it's hard to really say at least for me like oh like I really identify with one of them more than the other because it's just like there is this thing with like like I mean Ethan Honk so much of what he's doing is so American and it's like when he's talking about like his parents and it's like when he's talking about like like he has this edge of like he always has this edge of kind of like ironic cynicism to everything it's like well you know Mm -hmm. i love this i know that love is real but like also like most of the time love is fake haha anyway like i think i really like you you know what i mean it's kind of like that (laughs) very american thing yeah Um, and i think one of the things that is that really sells this movie um to me specifically but also i think probably to everybody is there is really no there is no great conflict in the movie you know what i mean it's not like it's not like your traditional like film where it's like it's a character a wants x and character b wants y and where their where their intentions cross is where our movie is it's very much like it is very like these two people are on the same team and the conflict of the movie is that like everybody knows that like this is gonna end yeah you know and it is that thing too it's like a very like nice microcosm of like human relationships is like even though you know even though most of us when we get into a relationship we hope that like it's gonna be the one that lasts like it is that thing of but, like, in the back of your head, you kind of always know that, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, you you always know in the back of your head, like, this might not, like, this probably, statistically speaking, will not work out. Um, yeah. And it is that thing where they are so much on each other's team that it's so fun and nice to see them play off of each other and like i had that experience several times where several times in this movie i'd be like oh my god that was so lovely this is so great oh no it's going to end tomorrow morning yeah. no no, no. Yeah. Like, don't think about that don't think don't about think that about like, like there's 45 it. minutes left in this movie like we got 45 more minutes and i think that like a a big reason why that works so well is As I mentioned before like this movie does musing very very well and I feel like I I really truly feel like at no point are these characters a mouthpiece for the writers you know they never come up with like stunning conclusions about love there is no like there's no big lesson to be learned at the end about how like no you must seize life when you have it you know like no like Mm -hmm. you like like it's the movie is never like, oh, it's so, like, it's folly to not exchange numbers. Like, it's folly to not want to see each other again. Or, like, you know, the movie doesn't make, I don't feel like the movie's making an argument for, like, actually it's more poetic and special if you don't see each other again. You know, it really is that thing of, like, the characters are trying to figure out in this moment, like, I don't know, is it going to be better for us to, is it going to be better for us to, like, just have this awesome night? But also, if we don't have the chance like if we don't get to make the decision of what goes next like we're always gonna wonder and i think that's like what's so important about so much of this movie is it's not a mouthpiece movie you know it's not it's never trying to i I don't know i don't feel like it has one larger point on its mind where these characters have to argue over it and come to a conclusion together and either one of them's right and one of them's wrong or whatever Mm -hmm. it's just it's just so lovely it's just so yeah. lovely
0: yeah and it yeah it's it's a classic um oh, i don't even know what the fucking the old school textbook thing is. it's like what man versus fate like man versus the universe right. is the conflict it's, it's 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 these two characters versus time yeah and
1: yeah i mean it's
0: the and i you, you're utterly correct about that and i think that part of the juice of it is that because that the, like because they're literally because they're in a liminal space and you can do things, the definition of a liminal space, part of it is that you can do things there that you would not normally do in the, in the standard you know, world is that they can kind of say things and do things that like under no, you get the sense that under no other circumstances they would be saying or doing these things. It is, it is like, because we know that this is going to end, it gives us the freedom to, you know, kiss on the ferris wheel and and you know uh take the wine from the guy at the bar and all that stuff like definitely it, it is this it, it because it's and it's it's it is like you said it's a microcosm of love generally it's like the okay because i'm in love i'm in this almost the the space of love the uh you know the uh the Austria of the mind, if you will. <laughs> oh my God. It, it, it gives you permission to kind of act in a way that you really fucking usually wouldn't like to, and and, and people understand that. Like it is the, the like I love, and it, and it was one of the things that we're watching this movie the other night and my roommates kind of looking very skeptically at Ethan Hawke goes to the bar and he's like trying to get the wine and she's like, he's not gonna get that wine. And I'm like, no, it, it's a much better decision that the guy lets them have the wine than if it's like a conflict and it's a plot point and they have to, it's something they have to fix. Like no, it right, is right. A reaffirmation of like this guy sees in Ethan Hawke's eyes that he is being a hundred percent honest, and mm-hmm. on top of that, the man is dumb, sick in love, and and is willing to do anything to like to please this woman that he's with. And so he's like, yeah, fucking. And that I think that that guy is I you know is very much me speaking, but I think that it's to me it's a bit more thematically relevant if the guy's like i'm never getting that money back that's fine yeah. no big deal i helped out yeah. a couple of kids like that they're in love they're in love That's and that's what love is, is you get special treatment sometimes like yeah. like
1: yeah and and then just the
0: it's what gives them and i and the movie is very very good i think it is the other films do not quite Capture the the day cycle i think quite as well which is something we can talk about later but the fact that it is you go from blistering noon to you know darkness to oh god the shots of of this of the early morning like once the sun comes up and the sun actually does rises are just the coloring on them is just a little bit wrong and a little bit harsh and you know in context what they mean and it's so fucking heartbreaking. It is. It is a an absolute hangover of a series of images. Ah, uh, but but you know, as I'm saying, it's the, the the bright bright morning and these big expansive vistas. Then turn into you know uh, twilight and then darkness and then small clubs and then you know the camera pans in further and further and you get much smaller and smaller images mm-hmm. and it, it just it really gives you the sense of oh shit things are running out it's getting it's things are it's a pressure cooker things are getting more intense between them emotionally but it's also there's less space for it and and it's fucking and then when it expands at the end again and they have to leave each other it's fucking heartbreaking it is the mm, it's juicy it's juicy
1: yeah, no, I mean, you're right. I mean, it so just like perfectly captures that like we're going to stay up until 4 a.m. talking, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, that we've we've all had in a relationship in a way that like I don't know, like I see th- I feel like and, you know, most movies about love are not about like what happens in the first 24 hours of meeting somebody. So like it's mm-hmm. fine, but like it fixates on how just like intoxicating that feeling is. Mm hmm. In a way that, like most movies, that would be minute seven. You know yeah. what I mean? Or like, or like yeah. the, the two characters meet at minute fifteen, and then minutes fifteen through thirty is like a very quick series of events of like of like little little cute little cute uh, anecdotes that happen here and there, and um, I don't know. This movie, like, in such a wonderful way, fixates on, but isn't really the best feeling in the world. Like those first couple of weeks where you're staying up until four. AM, yeah. Like every single mm-hmm. night when you have to wake up at, when you have to wake up at six thirty to get to work. And it's just like, you're kind of like, yes, yes, it is.
0: And aren't those feelings mediated and maybe made even a little bit better. It's a little bit of that salty with the sweet of like, Oh fuck, this is going to end. This is going to end one day. It's all going to go away. I know it's going to, and there's nothing we can do to stop it. Yeah. It's the same. I love this movie for the same reason that like, I mean, maybe my other favorite romance is Eternal Sunshine, and it 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 works in the exact same juice of like, this is going to really? go wrong eventually, right? I th- I think so. Well, the thing I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I like about Eternal Sunshine that have, has nothing to do with this movie. That's a much more, you okay. know, uh, absurdist and postmodern movie than this one is. But I mean, fundamentally, to me, the last it's it's this movie taps into the same thing that the last scene of Eternal Sunshine does, where it's like you're doing this because it's, it is is the best thing to do despite the fact that you fucking know it's all going to go wrong. You know yeah. that eventually it's going to end and something's going to happen and it's going to be, but like the feeling right now is so powerful and so intoxicating and so true. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to say that love is some dumb, whatever bullshit. Like it—it it is the truest thing you can feel, I think. And because of that, you are willing to do a thing despite the fact that you know it's going to end. Right, and that's yeah. It's that last scene of Eternal Sunshine where they're literally hearing themselves talking about why they want to break up, and they're still like, "Oh, we should get a coffee." Like,
1: yeah, yeah. God, that movie. That movie breaks my fucking heart. Also, fucking devastating. Devastating. So good. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, this movie is very, very good. I think. um, You know, I mean, I think I already hit on this, but just like the fact that the movie. Really true, the fact that the movie doesn't have anything like textually, like in terms of like, and this is the greater point. By making no definitive statements about like love and romance, it says everything about it. Um, in a way that I find so eloquent. Um because it's just it's it's not claiming anything major other than like other than like, God, doesn't it kind of feel like doesn't it feel amazing and like like doesn't just like kind of anything feel possible and like we don't know like let's just let's just watch two like really charming people fall for each other yeah yeah it's it's it is an amazing like balancing act to me of like these characters questioning everything and these characters like you know waxing poetic about love you know a little bit and like it never feels like you know look to the camera like and here's the message you know it really is that thing of just like just the ebb and flow of their conversation and how, you know, and how natural and everything it is like you, I don't know. It is by not saying anything concretely, like it says everything. It is one of the most convincing, one of the most affecting like romances I've ever seen in a movie. Hell yeah. It's just so fucking good. (laughs) It's so so good. This is,
0: this is, yeah, I, when you started this off by saying like we're going to talk about this movie forever. I'm like no we're fucking not. This movie's just perfect. We're just going to be like this is perfect. It's it's the it's the it's the end of the Spider-Verse problem. We're just like I don't know. It's good. <laughs> it's, <laughs> right, right. It's perfect. What do you want? It's it's great. Like yeah, I, I will say, and this is my one last, before we kind of wrap up, this is my one last tease for the rest of this very weird, intentional series of these movies we're doing, which is that, in my opinion, I have a very definite, like, this is what I think these movies in aggregate say. And I, I will say you are correct in that I think they say those things, they say that thing very definitively by saying a lot of things and let me letting you know not being didactic and letting you draw your conclusion out of it because it's to me the thing that it says is something that is just very it is a theme only in that it is something that i think we all know inside of us right? Uh, yeah
1: and it's it's you know um i'm very interested to see the next couple because it is a very like you know obviously this is made as a trilogy and obviously this movie is very much about like about like Human relationships as it exists to time. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that's that is very much like the conceit of the movie. It's like, oh, in 24 hours, like these people are never going to see each other again. Like, what do they do with that time? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a very, 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 very link later thing to be like, to be like, how do people exist over time? I mean, Ethan mm-hmm. Hawke has that monologue about like, I have this great idea for like, for like a public access show. And it's like, yeah, it's like weird and it's silly, but like, it's like we just film somebody for 24 hours and just broadcast the whole thing and like we do that 365 times every day of the year and you see yeah. like 365 people's different lives and like that is such a link later thing like mm-hmm. it, it is that's what if you've ever seen slacker like i think feature, yeah. yeah. like yeah that is the whole thing is it's just like is it's just like for five minutes we're gonna like we're gonna like be with these people and then the person's gonna leave and go to like their next like you know engagement like they're gonna go to a they're coffee doing. shop and meet up with somebody and then like that person's gonna go and it's just it's just there's no central through line it's just like the portrait of a community through yeah. like how people talk to and engage with each other and i mean that's boyhood is it's like how does how how do we grow up over time like well let's spend 15 years making it and like with this one too it's like that thing of Okay, here is like a very small, like, how do we deal with like love and time, but then he makes two more movies about those same people years later and it's like he's, he's doing all of these experiments with time.
2: Such a good artistic
1: Um, statement. And like, and just like, and also like the, the, the like, the human emotions and the human like truth that comes out of time. Um, And so I'm very excited to see how sort of the thesis of these movies change over the course of three films because i can only imagine as well like i mean i can only imagine that like you know link later making this movie when he's in his 20s and then coming back when he's in his 30s and then coming back when he's in his 40s like there's no way like because, because I think Richard Linklater is a better filmmaker than this, there's no way that like the thing he set out to say when he was 27 is the same thing he's setting out to say when he's 45.
0: Nope. Nope. And I again, this is another thing I might have mentioned in the first half, but I do think it's important, is that after this, the three primary writers on the next two films are Linklater, Delpy, and Hawk. And nice. they, yeah, after this, they write their characters. Um... And they just, ah, fuck, they just get better. Um, but yeah, no, you got it right on the head. Yeah. I mean, that's, I. and even fuck, I mean, I think that fucking Dazed and Confused is basically just the, yeah, it's, it's yeah. the mass market version of slacker. It's just like, hey, it's about a day it's not about a, it's 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 fucking Gertrude Stein it's landscape drama it's not about a person or a thing it's about a time and a place like yeah
1: it's like it's I mean and oh god days to be confused is so good um very, very nice. I, I, I honestly like I should have I should have mentioned that earlier but I forgot about it because I was so like this is boyhood this is uh yeah, yeah. you know this is slacker like this is mm-hmm. you know I mean and it's it's very fun to see how he uses extremely similar techniques in all four of these films to make like very similar points but like the way he doesn't like they're not all for the same film they're for very different films and they're all very concerned with similar things but yeah
0: um, it's it's one of the things that I appreciate about Linklater very much and he's like I don't know like I struggle to say that Linklater is like one of my favorite directors just because he's put out like so much bullshit like but even that you know I appreciate that he's a dude that's just willing to fucking try shit. It's just like, I don't know, whatever. I'm going to do... Oh, what's the... F- I'm going to do Where'd You Go, Bernadette? A movie that nobody saw.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, that was, up, that, was, that was... Him, but that was Last him, you know. Last flag flying. Yeah, but Where'd You Go, Bernadette is him, you know, like... Here's a here's a popular wine mom novel. Like, do you yeah. want to make ten million dollars? And it's like, you know, yeah. Wine? If I was Richard later I would absolutely direct Where, would, yeah. where did you go, Byron? Dead.
0: I'd like to continue living in Austin, Texas, on my ranch. Yes, I, yeah. I will make that. Or fucking, or fucking. You, uh, uh, Scanner Darkly. I'll do an animated movie. Yeah, fine, sure, whatever. Like, <sighs> yeah. It, so this movie is good. It's very good. I'm very glad you liked it. I am. Yeah over the moon excited for you to see the, the next two uh, because I do think that, like, I do... I mean, I don't know if I... Again, I might have said this in the first half but Cards on the Table. I think this is the... In my opinion, this is the best trilogy of all time because I think that it is... It is just the most... It is it is a, a trilogy in which every film makes every other film better in retrospect, and... There is no dip in quality in any of them. Like, there's no, you know, there's no uh, Return of the Jedi, which I, is good, and I do like. There's no Return of the Jedi. There's no X3. There's no, you know, whatever the fuck. Right, right. There's no Godfather Part 3. There's, you know. Um, but yeah, and I, I, I'm i glad that you're picking up on those themes and they interest you because they're only, it is, it truly, it's only going to get, like, more. It's fine wine. It's only going to get better with uh, age.
1: And now that we've been talking about it, I'm actually, I do think I still want to do, uh, sunrise or uh, I sunset very early on in the next in the next series that we do yeah. however now that we've been talking about it I'm actually really excited to give some time between watching yeah. them specifically because like now that we're talking about it I think the you know and even though it's only gonna be like several weeks to several months yeah. but like yeah. you know um I think that Were I to kind of like binge all three in a row, I'm going to try to be looking for like purposeful thematic, like Mm -hmm. this started in the beginning, like like what is he doing, like overall, and like I'm actually really excited for the fact that, um, I'm really excited for the fact that like much like, you know, these characters would be, like letting this one kind of fade in my memory
0: yeah
1: and only remembering like the things that really the things that really mattered to me and then coming back in a few months and like and you know almost almost having that experience of like i'm watching the second movie and like i'm trying to recall things as they happened, but like i have contextualized them in a different way you know like i have i have given that time and forgotten certain details and blown up certain details in my mind. And like I actually think it's going to be a lot nicer to try and formulate thoughts about each individual movie and the trilogy as a whole over time versus like, okay, let's sit down and watch one, two, and three. You know, this ain't Lord of the Rings. Like this isn't like, you know, one big production that goes for four years that like one leads into the next leads into the next. It's like it's like, no, like the, the time between space between is important
0: i when i first watched him i made myself wait even a few weeks between them and i was very glad that i did um and, and 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 again now and i think that there is the fun of then you know doing the puzzle thing with movies where you then go back and you go like oh holy shit there's things that connect and like like i my what fucking fourth time watching this movie two days ago there's a thing that julie delpy says that I was like oh i was like oh wait that's actually incredibly important in the next movie and i never noticed it until now you know like there is also that aspect and, and again and is a thing that's important in the next movie that was not because it was not a planned trilogy that was just there and they looked at the script and said let's mine that that's interesting let's take that yeah, but
1: yeah
0: yeah it's yeah no i think that's the correct decision and i'm so excited to do the next one and i'm very glad that you like this
1: yeah, no, it yeah it was it cool. was it was it was lovely um i loved it um I finally understand why Ethan Hawke was so coveted in the '90s because, like, I've always liked Ethan Hawke, but mm-hmm. like, it's always one of those things where I'm like, I'm like, yeah, okay, Ethan Hawke's fine, like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But like, this is like a truly incredible performance.
0: I I don't think that people, yeah, I mean, it's better now that he's a bit older, but I do think back then, just looking at the like, because what the fuck, you know,
1: he, it's the thing that a lot of like
0: we've talked about DiCaprio. It's the thing that a lot of actors either they didn't have the fist, like who would go on to be really fantastic actors either they're young and they don't have the facility for it yet or they're hot and they're the new thing so they're being slotted into pretty cute guy roles which is i don't really think what ethan hawk is very good is not his strong suit i mean he's very charming and he's very cute in this but they, that's not why he's good in this at all
1: yeah that's crazy yeah. i'm i'm looking at um ethan Hawke's awards and um he was nominated for two oscars based off of the uh like from this trilogy but it was Mm -hmm. for writing the second and the third one i'm i mean i don't know i guess the academy sucks and they really want people who are like screaming and like you know putting on like giant fat suits and like you know aging themselves up to 45 years to be transformative but like i i don't know how this wasn't nominated for an oscar
0: yeah, it is, hey, take it back to Leonardo DiCaprio. The man can spend 10 years of his career specifically trying to just craft shit that's great, and then the Academy doesn't give it to him until he's like, what, you want me to fucking kill a bear and live inside it? Fuck you, whatever, okay. Sure, whatever. I'll do it. That's do- what I'll do. I'll, I'll do it. I want that goddamn I statue. I need it. Fuck you. Like, yeah. But, oh, man, all right, well... Caroline, anything else you want to get out about this movie before we wrap up?
1: Um, no, just uh, ten out of ten. Can't really? can't come up with a single complaint. My only complaint is that it ends. But I think if it didn't end, it <laughs> wouldn't be the, yeah. the, the, the none of the movie would make sense because it's, it's all like about love. how it ends. It's my complaint with love. Oh, anyway, oh, yeah. So producer, I'd give it to us. it and
2: share a. I, I, I can't say anything better or smarter than what you guys have said oh, about this movie. No. Oh, stop Thank that. You. Oh, it's
1: shucks. You stop that.
2: It's perfect and it's beautiful. And I, um, for those of you who do not know, I am, I love movies, but I am a very, I for a very long time, I've been a very like pop culture, like what's popular movie. I have not watched, like I, I'm catching up on a lot of the classics. So I did not realize who Richard Linklater was. Uh, but I'm going to share an anecdote that uh, will speak to our musical theater nerds. Have, do you guys know about his Merrily We Roll Along project? Yeah,
1: it's bizarre. No, I don't. I so Marrily... Is this the one that he's been shooting for like eight years or something? Uh, I don't know how long he's been shooting it for, but it's going to shoot
2: for 20 years. That's his whole... So Marrily yeah merrily we roll along is like it closed after 16 performances on broadway it's widely considered one of sondheim's like absolute worst works i think it's a perfect i shouldn't say i think it's perfect i think it's a lovely musical but ben platt and beanie feldstein are going to be filming it for the next 20 years with richard Linklater, uh and that got announced i think this article is from 2019, so it will be out in 2039,
1: 2038, 2039. Uh, what a cool dude. What a cool
0: dude. I had known about that, and I forgot about it until you mentioned it. Can I just say, my, my, reading that, reading that, uh, you know, when the articles about that came out, my reactions were, Richard Linklater, oh, uh, is going to do Merrily We Roll Along.
1: Okay, Yeah
0: for 20 years oh okay <laughs> with beanie feldstein
1: oh fuck yeah
0: yeah and ben platt uh,
1: okay okay
0: yeah yeah we'll see where ben platt's at in 20, in years. 20 years yeah okay yeah. sure um
1: my mom texted me the other day and she's just like i can't wait to go see um dear the oh, no. hansen oh. and Looks i was so like i love my mother so much and i have told her i because i have that amc Stubbs a-list which like <laughs> they need to sponsor us because i shill that i, thing so I fucking have not yet, yeah, but
0: i'm literally about to it's it's, oh, AMC it's the best sponsor yeah, our podcast. i need to
1: um but like i i've had that for a month and i always tell her i'm like i'm like any movie you want to see yeah. I'm, like, i don't care i don't care yeah. how little i want to see it like i love you mom it's not costing me anything yeah like you you don't um you know like she doesn't want to go to the movies often. She's not a huge movie person, but she, I'm just like, I'm just like, anything you want to see, just text me and we'll go. And she texted me yesterday and was just like, I was like, I can't wait to go see Dear Evan Hansen with you, but it doesn't come out for over a month. And I'm just like, I'm like, just let me know when it's out. Like, we'll go. So see. I will be going to see Dear Evan Hansen <laughs> very soon. Meanwhile, that my comes
2: out in like two weeks. Very soon.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. M- meanwhile. And when this episode drops, it'll be like already out, I guess. Meanwhile,
0: my mom, texted me the trailer to that when it first came out with the caption, why does his face look like that?
1: (laughs) It's a very good question. It's a very good question. I don't know
0: how they made him look older than he does. He looks older than he does in real life. Why? Yeah. I, yeah. Whatever. There. When. when uh, we'll talk about this in a Patreon episode when it comes out. I'm sure. Because I'm gonna. I'm gonna go see that fucking thing. I have no. I don't think I'm gonna like it one little bit. But I'm. I'm gonna go see it. It looks bizarre. I.
2: I could talk. Yeah. I could talk about this for hours. This will be a Patreon. Oh episode. yeah, for sure.
1: <laughs> I think that's all we have about before sunrise. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Much like the film itself, and yes. much like love and new love and everything. <sighs> All good things must come to an end. Yes. And thus does our this discussion on this podcast. Film. Yes.
2: If you like what you hear, please be sure to like us and subscribe wherever you stream your podcasts. Leaving a review also really helps out the visibility of the show. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash H H Y N S podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterbox at HHYNSPod. Pod. And a very special thank you to our patrons, Caitlin Matthews and Nihar Fodke. If you'd like a shout-out on the show and bonus content, head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash H-H-Y-N-S pod. We have multiple levels, all with their own perks, ranging from $1 to $25 a month. Like I said, if you're interested in hearing more, please visit patreon.com slash H-H-Y-N-S pod.
1: Yeah, if you give us enough money, you get to pick a movie for the main series. So if that interests you It's it's a good
0: chunk of change, but, you know, it'd be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. You get to tell us what to do, yeah, which I mean, yeah, yeah. I think that works out for everyone. Uh, <laughs> so next week, because we are launching our Patreon, um, we just launched it, but in October is really when we're going to start producing content and making sure that it's up. It's up now so that you guys can, can get there. There's a, a little bonus episode on there that we did, um, but... Because we, like, are going to start rolling out, like, regular content starting next month in October. Next week on the main series, we will be taking off. But when we return, we will be doing three horror movies in a row for oh! Halloween. Chosen by yours truly, because Carson does not know horror I'm a little
0: crybaby. I don't know. I don't know scaries.
1: And, yeah. And so the first film that will be on deck is going to be a 2001's film, The Others.
0: Ooh, I don't know. I literally know shit about that. I don't know anything about that movie.
1: Yeah, well, I'm excited excited because it is is one of my favorite movies. Hell yeah. Um, Yeah, great, great little horror film. So um, with that said, I think that's everything we got on this episode. So we will see you guys in two weeks, and hopefully we'll see you next week on Patreon. Bye.